Hello and welcome to Walk to Wellbeing, the wellness podcast from Health and Wellbeing magazine, sponsored by Sketches. I'm Holly, the editor of Health and Wellbeing, and each episode, you and I get to join someone as they go for a walk, eavesdropping on them as they talk about their own wellness journey. Each of our guests will answer the same questions, but the conversation, like their walk, might meander a bit as they go. After we leave them, I'll be joined by some of the magazine team to pick out things from that walk that we want to put into action right away in our lives. Think about your answers to each question as you listen to. And if you'd like to record your own walk to wellbeing, you can. Just download the question pack from healthwellbeing.com. We would love to hear it. Right now, though, for our next episode, we're about to join life and business coach Jill Ritchie as she steps out of her front door in Scotland in June 2021. Just a moment before we start, Jill does discuss topics around cancer and caring for an unwell parent. So do take care if this is an area that affects you. Ziggy, come on. I'm currently looking under my bed right now because my dog is hidden under my bed. Ziggy, come. So Ziggy is my dog, right? He's the only dog that I know that doesn't want to go for a walk. He's been strange. This is fun. I can't get my dog to go a walk. Interesting, right? Looks like I'm going on the walk alone. (laughs) Bye, Ziggy. (laughs) See you in 30 minutes. So I want to just put it into context, right? The dog usually loves going a walk. But um, he uh, had a little operation last week and he's not been himself since that operation. He doesn't want to go out and he hides under my bed, eats his dinner under the bed, he drinks his water under the bed, he plays with his ball under the bed. So I am hoping that Ziggy snaps out of this really, really soon. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So it's not often that I go a walk on my own. I typically take the dog out a walk. We got the dog, oh, 18 months ago. He was a Christmas present for my two little boys, Jude and Eden, who still believe that Santa delivered him. And that was interesting, trying to hide the dog on Christmas Eve. But we managed to pull it off and it was such a beautiful big surprise. So he's part of the family now. He's definitely got a personality about them, that's for sure. So I am really excited to chat to you guys. Um, my name is Jill Ritchie. Oh, you can hear the birds tweeting, yay! And um, I live in a small town in Scotland. And I was born sort of in this town. And um, I always wanted to move away from the age of like 16, 17. I wanted to move away and um, wanted to travel the world. And uh, my mum, God bless her, she was the opposite. Very much a home bird. And so put the fear, her fears, (laughs) into me not to do that. And the furthest probably I got was moving into Edinburgh. And I moved into Edinburgh when I was 19 and had the best time. Shared a flat with lots of 
girls and it was good god you can hear all the cars going by um and uh, then i met my partner who i'm with now and he was from this town that i live in too and when we decided that we you know we were for keeps guys we were for keeps and we we're gonna have kids we're like right we need grandparents on hand so his parents are here my parents are here so we moved back so right now i am walking at a park that is just across the road from where i live and it's a lovely little walk and i typically do this walk most mornings after i go to the gym so i uh, typically do this walk with the dog before I get the kids ready for school. I like to have a morning routine. It's so important to me to have that time for me in the morning. Um, I've always been more of a morning person, I would say, to be honest, but I um, really got into morning routines just over three years ago. I'm 41 years old now. And I didn't discover the power of real self-care. Not surface level self-care. Like what real self-care was until I was probably at the lowest point in my life. Um, I was 38. I worked as a senior leader in a big corporate bank and I had huge responsibilities and um, I worked full time probably about I say full time probably worked about 60 hours a week and um, tried to juggle that with being a mum and um, yeah it was not easy hi just walking by some people it was not easy um, I definitely played a role. I had so many masks. I had mum mask gel. I had, you know, leader in business mask gel. I had, you know, I'm down with my peer group. I'm one of those people. I had that mask. I had the mask of um, trying to impress executives. Oh God, honestly, I had so many identities. And I used to come home at night and not know who I was. I was like, who even am I? And at that point, I was probably drinking too much. Um, I wasn't an alcoholic, but I used it as a crutch, for sure. Like, I would see... Like, I'd feel stressed and I'd be like, I need a wine. You know, I'd, I'd leave work late, I'd go in early. I'd leave work late and then I'd have about half an hour with my children and then the laptop was back on again but honestly I thought I'm supposed to you know this is me winning at life this is winning this is what it's supposed to be like and everyone around me felt the same and so I thought that was normal although inside I never felt normal I felt broken I felt confused and it started to really manifest in my body my hair started falling out um I had, you know, terrible eczema and my, my skin was broken. I had 
oh my gosh, the worst stomach cramps. And, you know, went to the doctor, it was typical, you know, IBS, give you some tablets and nothing really worked. And then I realised, God, you know, I'm the problem here. I blamed everyone else. You know, it's too much pressure, it's all of this. My work demands too much of me. I can't spin all these plates. And at the time, my mum was going through some heavy, heavy cancer treatment. So that was all bubbling in the background as well. And given that we're such a close family, that was so, so tough. Um, but I had this kind of role to play that I was a strong, independent woman. I never wanted to show weakness. I never wanted to show vulnerability. So on the surface, I was, I was okay. You know, I was managing and people used to tell me, well, how do you cope? You're so amazing. You're so strong. And I was like, yeah, I am. And I thought I was, but it was during the night. So I would keep so busy during the day that it never impacted me. And it was during the night that it would manifest. I'd have crazy dreams and I'd wake up at three and four in the morning with a racing heart, like literally my heart was pounding out my chest. And um, I was soaked in sweat, like sweating. Um, and I convinced myself, you know, Dr. Google as we do, that I had, um, what's the early menopause? That's what it is. Rather than admit that I had stress and feelings of anxiety, um, I, I self-diagnosed. <laughs> that I had early menopause. So I went to the doctor and the doctor's like, no, you don't have that blood test. No, you don't have that. Maybe you're stressed. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not stressed. I don't want to be a stressed person. And gosh, if I'd given myself more than five minutes to sit in silence and sit with my own feelings, I would have known that it was stress. And it was so, so hard. I honestly thought there was no other way. You know, we'd just moved into a big house and more than doubled our mortgage. And I thought, how can I leave my job? Like, how can I start again? And how can I say to my boss, oh, you know, I have stress. Because I know the way they used to talk about other people that went off with stress, there was a real stigma. And that was only three and a half years ago, but there was a real stigma. And I didn't want to be excluded. I didn't want to be isolated. I didn't want to be overlooked and judged. So instead, I pretended that everything was okay. Um, yeah, it was... Even looking back at that now, I think, wow, so young. And putting myself through that stress, missing so much with my children. I was there in body, but... Not in mind, my mind was always somewhere else. I, my priorities were all wrong. And I felt such guilt and shame around that. Um, I remember, I remember actually um, rating my life, right, a three out of 10. And I was like, wow, how can I be a three out of 10? Look at everything I have. And it wasn't, it wasn't the things that I had. It was the way I felt. And this is where I do the work that I do now and I help so many people in the work that I do now because 
you can look at the shiny and think, if I just get this, I'll be happy. If I just have that, I'll be happy. These things never make you happy. It is an inside out job. And I got really clear on, after like being offered antidepressants for about the fifth time by a doctor, I said, do you know what? I don't want that. I need to work on myself. Because if I take medication, and I've nothing against medication, just personally for me, if I take this medication, then I'm masking the problem. And I went on a journey three years ago, just over three years ago, of self-discovery and healing from the inside out. And it has been the most transformational and incredible three years of my life which has led me to here and it's amazing so that's a bit about me for anyone who doesn't know me and my journey of getting to from A to B and I'm still working on me like it never stops but wow I don't recognize that person anymore and I feel so much compassion and sadness for that version of me back then I'm just walking over a noisy little bridge just now. You can probably hear the water. There's a little stream. And I'm just going into sort of a woodland area now, which is just gorgeous. It's full of trees and energy, mother earth energy, right? I get so much energy from coming out this way, which is just beautiful. That allows me to just leave the phone at home and be still with my body. You know, drop out of the head and into the body. <laughs> I'm laughing as I look at these trees, right? Because before I did this work, I used to be like, what? My partner used to always say, come on, we'll go out a big walk. And I used to be like, no, I don't want to walk. It's cold, it's rainy, no. And now... I want to get out all the time. I'm, I'm always out in nature. And I was never that person, by the way. Never. As soon as it was a bit cold, I'm like, right, I'm going home now. Don't like this. No, I don't want to walk. Take the car. Um, so conditioned and programmed, right? Um, God, nature's beautiful. Apart from the midges. Apart from the midges. And if you don't live in Scotland, you maybe don't know what midges are. They're little things that bite you and suck your blood and you've got bites oh god there's hundreds here right now so apart from that I love it <laughs> so I'm going to answer some of these questions that I have on these cards so where's your dream walk all oh, right okay so I love to be out in nature anyway um, now not before but now um, but somewhere I love to walk is a place where I live. It's a long walk. It's usually a sort of two, two and a half hour big walk that I'll do. And I typically do this on my own. And it's up in a place where there's a lot of heritage in there for me. A lot of ancestral heritage. And when I go there, I get the most amazing energy and sort of healing. It's really cathartic being there. Um, 
and it's a place called the Knock Hill, not the racing car place. <laughs> totally different from that. Um, and Kieran Papal. And as a really small child, my grandparents used to take me there. And uh, it was just such great childhood memories. I was maybe between the age of four and eight or nine, you know, about that time before all the programmes kick in and all the social conditions kick in and all the people pleasing kick in. You know, when we're a child and we're wild and free, we are our whole self, expressing ourselves, expressing our emotions and going back up there just allows me to really connect to that energy. So I love it up there. Okay, what does switching off look like to you? Mm. Switching off for me is switching off from social media um, and from distractions and getting really present with my kids and my family. And I'm going to be honest, that is not easy. I run my business online, so I'm on social media quite a lot. And whilst I like, I like a lot of it, um, it's so distracting and it can be super damaging to people. There's some kids out playing on their bikes. Someone's playing golf on the golf course. <laughs> um, yeah, so switching off is for me definitely being disciplined and taking that time off. I've worked with um, quite a few celebrities and um, one of the biggest things that they struggle with. <laughs> Hiya. Good, thank you. Good. Hello. Um, what's my name? <laughs> what's my name? My name's Jill. What's your name? Oh, lovely. Oh, so you are. You're fast on your bike. Oh, bye, Lily. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah, switching off and being in the moment. Like, we're so distracted by our phones. As I said, um, it's a big thing. I know a lot of celebrities, they've got a lot of online presence and so they struggle with switching off because... Um, they feel like it's part of their job and listen it's part of my job too but when we are living our lives through social media or, or with a phone attached to us there's a great expression that is used by one of my mentors and that is slowing down to speed up and yeah it's so true a lot of people, a lot of clients will say to me, I don't have time, I don't have time to do it, I can't do that, I've got this on, I've got that on. And I say to them, if you feel like that, you need to double, double up your switching off time because you will be so much more productive, present and connected to your, your truth, your purpose, your desires. You'll get more done, you'll be more effective when you take that time, even if it's just 30 minutes. Um, taking that time out, you know. I switch off fully by taking myself away and sometimes I'll take a month off social media and I'll just recalibrate. And other times, you know, it's taking myself away from super busy 
and I've got a lot on, I'll just take myself away for even something simple like a 10 minutes of breath work or, you know, a 10 minute meditation or just connecting to your breath for even five minutes, you know, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. A lot of people think, I can't do that, I can't meditate, I can't do this. You can breathe, you know, switch off, start small and build it up. But definitely, if you think you don't have time to switch off, have a look at your um, screen time that you've been on your phone and then tell me you don't have time. It will shock you. We all have time. It's just making the time and making it a priority, making yourself a priority because everything else flows so much easier when um, we have that downtime. Okay, next question. Who's really nailing their well-being in your life? Oh, right. Okay, so I have been on a real journey the past three years of connecting to getting to know myself on a deep, deep level. I've done a lot of healing work. I mean, for me, it's an inside out job all the way. And there's different layers that we can unpick. So some people are just good with doing, you know, some well-being, which might be going to the gym or a little bit of meditation or walks in nature. And these things are all great. Me personally, um, it's about really unpacking, unpicking and then unpacking the layers of trauma that we have um, in our bodies. I think everyone has different levels of trauma. And we should never diminish our trauma, right? Because everyone has it and it's important to go in and recognise it. And if you can, do some healing work or go to someone that can help you navigate through that. So for me, the people that are really nailing their well-being is anyone that is consciously making an effort to be consistent with their own well-being and doing it from the inside out rather than sort of surface level um, and also my big big props to people that are um, willing to speak their truth and be vulnerable in a world where shiny is all around us right um, it's all you know we're consuming we're consumers and people that are willing to drop the mask and speak their truth from, you know, using their authentic voice. And even though it's maybe not pleasing other people, um, they're speaking their truth. So anyone, anyone who is willing to be vulnerable um, and to still be empowered um, and have empowered vulnerability and know that being vulnerable and speaking the truth is not weak. It is such strength that um, they are definitely my people and they're the people for me that are nailing it um, in the wellbeing world. So next question, when you're feeling stressed, how do you combat your triggers? Oh gosh, now this is really apt for me right now because there's quite a lot of stress in my body right now. So I do a lot of somatic work um, somatic healing work um, and I would say there's a lot going on personally for me right now where there's been a lot of stress in my body and can I just say again 
being completely transparent, I'm someone who practices personal development and um, I do this work on a consistent daily basis, but you are not immune to horrible things happening to you. You're not immune to pain and you're not immune to sadness because you do this work. Yes, you have a toolkit, but sad things still happen, right? But it's how you can navigate your way through it when you have this toolkit. And this is where I'm definitely tapping into it right now. I take my time in the morning to meditate. I, depending on how I'm feeling, if it's a real trigger, I'll maybe journal about it. It's almost like a brain dump. I'll just get everything out from what's in my head and in my body because your body really stores a lot of emotion, whether that's anger or sadness, and actually really feel that. As I said, somatic healing um, and feeling things somatically is really important. I do, um, you know, I'll often have an adult tantrum, right? And that might sound crazy to some people, but it's so important that we release that energy from our body. So if you are triggered, triggers are triggers are our gifts. Like if you're being triggered, it's really important not to suppress that emotion, but to really get curious as to what it is that's triggering you. Um, and there's different levels of triggers. There's different people that trigger us, but getting curious, not ignoring it is super important. You know, I'll either have an adult tantrum or I'll do a brain dump, I'll journal or I'll meditate or I'll move my body. Movement is really good for clearing out stuck energy that's in your body. So that's how I combat my triggers. And I don't judge myself either, okay? Non-judgment. Again, we tend to judge ourselves when we're triggered. We judge ourselves, we judge other people. No judgment, compassion all the way. Okay, question six. When was the last time you challenged yourself to try something new or different? Right, so about six weeks ago, I tried open water swimming. And let me tell you, I did not like it. I know I could say, you know, it looks all cool. I see all these people, you know, they're out there open water swimming and my hat goes off to you guys. Me... I thought it was freezing, you know, I didn't really like it. I was like just doing it because I thought I have to try this. Everyone says it's amazing. Not for me, but I tried it and, you know, I may try it again and it probably didn't help that it was um, Scotland and it was probably about like minus 10 in the water at the time, but I still tried it, right? When was the last time you cried? Mm. Um, last time I cried was Tuesday and it's Thursday today so it was Tuesday um, and I cried because I have been feeling such a lot of heavy energy recently um, seven weeks ago my mum took a massive stroke and she's been in hospital ever since and it's painful it's so emotionally painful and I've always sort of been this person who is 
been known as the strong one and played that role of, you know, I'm so resilient, I'm so strong. And it wasn't that I tried to avoid pain or crying. I just used to find it difficult for it to come up and I've had to really work on number one, understanding where that comes from and number two, allowing myself to feel the emotion. And I felt such sadness because, well, it's my mum, right? And um, my mum is just an amazing, amazing woman. And um, things are not great, you know? Even before then, to be honest, I mean, my mum's fought cancer for 18 years and my sister had an eye. We're so close. You know, my dad was never around and um, he was never there. So um, it was just the three of us and we're so close. And um, every cancer appointment and treatment, we've always been there, my sister and I, with her. Um, she has fought it tooth and nail and on paper, like on paper, she shouldn't be here, you know, 18 years. She's got cancer, started off in her breast, um, went to her bones, her lungs and then her brain. So everyone was like, you know, it's going to be cancer. My mum's 67, you know, it's going to be cancer that takes her. And even with every, every treatment that she had, you know, mum used to go for chemo and then go back to work, right? That's, that's how tough she is. Um, radiotherapy was different, radiotherapy was. It was another level, it was tough. Um, that was four years ago. She had entire brain radiotherapy for her tumours in her brain. But again, we had holidays abroad. We were able to live a good life and I would say she became really symptomatic with things not being quite right just before the first lockdown um, on my 40th birthday I had a party and um, I just noticed that she just didn't seem herself and for the first time I remember thinking that she looked vulnerable and um, I've never seen her like that. She's always been so on it. And um, yes, yeah, just certain things started to not, you know, she would forget how to use things or how to say a certain word or she'd get confused with certain things. And, and then um, lockdown happened and she was in and out of hospital with different episodes. Her body started to kind of like, become weaker she started getting pain in her legs and unable to walk and yeah so in out of hospital a lot last year during covid and i've not been able to be in and you know my mom stays five minutes from me my sister stays five minutes from me so we're super you know we're a tight family and just not having that normality of being able to lift her spirits and do in inverted commas the normal things was really tough for us but she got through it and then 
we were just sort of getting her back on her feet and then oh seven weeks ago um we were allowed out we were allowed out again Boris said we could get out Nicholas said we could get out um my sister um and her daughter and her husband and her dog and then me and Daryl, my partner, and her two kids and our dog, we decided to go for a weekend away, just in Scotland, a place called Kenmore. And lo and behold, we all got COVID. We actually all got COVID. And so we came back, we tested positive, and we called my mum to tell her that we tested positive for COVID so we couldn't come round. And at the same time, as she was on the phone, she took a massive stroke. So we heard it on the phone. And we couldn't go around to be with her. And we couldn't see her for 10 days. And she was actually unconscious for most of that time. And then that was just so hard. And I think what happens is your body just kicks into fight or flight, right? This automatic response just to go and like to to just get on with it and deal with it and and, and still be a mum and still try and run your business and still try and have those moments of self-care because you know if you don't, you're going to have a full-on breakdown. <laughs> um, so that's been such a... Probably this, you know, we've experienced a lot. But I would say this last seven weeks has probably been the hardest because we can get in and see her now and we get in daily. So there's daily hospital visits. But the heaviness of not knowing because she's not in a great place. And it's just deeply sad, you know. I had to... On Tuesday, I had a session with my own coach. I have lots of coaches. I've got coaches for business and coaches for, you know, um, energy healing and spirituality and, and all of these things. And I think it's so important. I'm a coach, but I always invest in coaches. And this coach that I have, I've, I've worked with her on and off for a few years. And we had a session on Tuesday and she made me sit in my heart space and my body for like as long as it took for me to to drop out of the head and really feel into the heart I sat for about seven or eight minutes eventually the feelings came and the emotion came and oh my goodness the tears and the emotion and the sadness and it was like a full-on exorcism (laughs) and by the end of it I felt so much clearer and lighter and less heavy was it still sad? Of course it is, but it's so, so important to allow ourselves to feel emotions, to feel every emotion. No emotion is a bad emotion. It's just energy in motion. We are energy and it's important to move energy through our body because if it doesn't, it manifests an illness. Like I was starting to, for the last week, get pain in my knee, pain in my lower back, pain in my shoulder, pain in my neck and I knew it was coming out in the physical because I wasn't 
I wasn't given at the time, the full time that it needed. You know, 10 minutes of meditation wasn't enough for, for this level of work that I needed to do. So, yeah, I'm still working through that, right? And as I said, just because we do this work, if, you know, if you're a coach or uh, someone in the well-being world, it's so important for me to be open and honest and explore and express that vulnerability and truth because when you do that and you speak from that place of truth, you give other people permission to do the same. So question eight... What's one recent little win you're happy with? What am I happy with? Ah, okay, so there's actually lots of little wins that I'm happy with. Um, but one that really jumped out for me was about, was about a week ago, I was invited to speak on the panel for Mind Valley. So anyone who doesn't know what Mind Valley is, it's probably like the biggest global well-being brand online platform, learning platform in the world. Um, like all of the, the, the top people in their field um, do trainings on Mind Valley. So I was invited to speak on the panel of Mind Valley and I ended up connecting with Vision who kind of owns Mind Valley, but also um, Sheila Kelly, who is just such an empowered woman. Um, and she created um, S Factor. She's also got um, the Netflix documentary Strip Down, Rise Up. And it, it was amazing. And actually, she's coming on my podcast, which is exciting. Um, I have my own podcast and she's coming on it. I am so into empowering women. And it's not about, you know hating on men or shaming men. I'm a mum of two boys. I love men. Um, but what I've really found is um, a really great way to empower women is to allow them to connect with, you know, who they are um, and help them balance out their masculine and feminine energies without compromising their personality, without having to lose their identity and what makes them them. What I find a lot and what I love about Sheila Kelly when I connected with her on Mind Valley was that it's not about when typically I work with a lot of women who are in their masculine energy um, and they have a real fear of connecting to their feminine energy because they don't want to lose that part of them that allows them to feel safe um, and strong and so um, I work with them to, to have a real balance of both and, and just to reassure people that you don't have to lose your personality. You can still be a badass and be connected to your feminine and your masculine. And so that was a real win for me that number one, I connected with them and number two, she's coming on my podcast. Um, question nine of 10. So nearly done, guys. What's the biggest life lesson you've learned in the last year? Ha. Huh. I kind of covered this, probably biggest life lesson is that um, speaking your truth and embracing vulnerability, 100%. This is huge. Like, we need to be speaking our truth. I think a lot of the time people don't even know what their truth is. 
they're so conditioned to want to fit in, to want to be liked, that they don't actually understand what their truth is. For me, when I started to share openly parts of my life that maybe I would have thought before, oh, you know, I'm in the well-being field, I shouldn't really say this or I shouldn't really share that. It just felt so much more connected and safe. And um, the universe always rewards you, right? So I'm a great believer in that. So speaking your truth and also, also um, knowing that you, you are literally a day away from completely changing everything in your life. Like, if you are stuck right now, you know, make that phone call, connect with that person. Um, life waits for no one. You have to take full responsibility um, for where you're at and take back your power. Start to really do the things that bring you joy and make you happy and are the essence of who you are. Okay, so final question. Complete the following sentences. Being healthy is... Being healthy is... Says me who had a Snickers at half past 11 today. Oh, do you know what? Being healthy is an inside-out job. And it's balance right? Because we can be physically healthy, we can eat well, we can go to the gym, but if we are not fully connected to our truth and who we are and working through any trauma that we have or um, we're struggling in relationships, then we can look healthy and, and be healthy, but physically, but not mentally. So for me, 100%, it's an inside out job. I'm most me when, I'm most me when I'm with family, you know, I'm having a nice meal with family, we're having laughs, we're having fun, we don't care what anyone thinks, and that can be family or friends, right? We're not in our heads. I'm most me when I'm not in my head. Yeah, I'm most me when I'm not in my head. The best thing about my walk today has been this. Actually, this has been so good because it's allowed me to take a walk down memory lane and realise that I have everything I need. Thank you so much, everyone. I've just arrived back at my house and I'm sitting on a little chair outside it. I can see there's a delivery van that's just appeared. So I don't know what that's for. Maybe it's something nice. Have an amazing day, everyone. Poor old Ziggy, he certainly didn't want to go on his walk today, but thank you to Jill for inviting us on her stroll. I thoroughly enjoyed it and I really can't wait to get stuck into her answers. But before we start, let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor, Sketches. Walk to Wellbeing is proudly sponsored by Sketches. 
Put a spring in your step with Skechers' range of comfort-boosting shoes featuring the very latest walking technology. The new lightweight, high-flex ArchFit range is designed to take great care of your feet, wherever your walk to well-being may take you. Over 20 years of data was used to create the amazing ArchFit cushioning insole, which is removable too, and provides complete foot and arch support for all day comfort. Shop the ranges online at sketchers.co.uk. That's S-K-E-C-H-E-R-S.co.uk, where you'll find thousands of shoes, boots, and trainers to bring you and your family style and support with every step. There's so much in Jill's interview that I'm excited to chat about. So I'm bringing back Daniela and Vicky from the health and wellbeing team to episode nine of the podcast. Daniela, why don't you kick things off with one of your favorite parts of Jill's episode? Sure. Yeah, I loved the energy that Jill brought today. I really, really enjoyed listening to it. I think one of my favorite parts was when she said about speaking her truth. Speaking your truth is so important. Um, I think we're so conditioned to being liked, you know, what she said was, was spot on, you know, society really, really puts people into boxes. So, and Jill really struck me as someone who was really comfortable being vulnerable and sharing that side of her and not being afraid of, of speaking your truth. And I think that's, that's such an, like an empowering message to women. Definitely empowered vulnerability is what I think she called it. Yeah, completely. She sounded like she's someone who's really, really in tune with her body and her emotions. And I also really related to the fact where she said that she's a work in progress. I think we all are. I think like we've had said on the podcast by Michael James Wong before, well-being isn't just like a destination. It's kind of something that you strive towards and you're always, you're always going to be working towards that on a daily basis. So, and it just also shows that that nobody's perfect. Yeah, progress, not perfection, right? Exactly. I really liked her answer to a challenge that she's taken on um, and the fact that she then admitted that she didn't even like it, which I think <laughs> is a big thing to admit when you try something and, yeah, you don't like it. But you, she tried it and she might try it again, which I think is a big thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I thought I, that was really refreshing. I thought that she was going to say, oh, like she was completely transformed by the experience, but... Um, I really, really appreciated her honesty and <laughs> yeah. can kind of can kind of relate to the fact yeah. that she was just said, Do you know what? It's it's absolutely freezing and it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, and it's so normal when we see trends come round and we think we should be doing them because everyone else is. So I thought it was really refreshing that she opened up to say that she tried it and she didn't like it. Yeah, she she was very open and honest, like with her um, admitting that she had Snickers for lunch. I think that's <laughs> something we can all relate to. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree though. When she said about the power of a morning routine, I thought, yes, 100%. And I think to kind of quote our previous podcast guest, the amazing Deborah James, it sometimes it does kind of come across as, as wanky wellness. Um, when you <laughs> yeah. say, oh, well, I got up at six o'clock to do my walk today. And, you know, I got my workout in before doing emails and things like that. But no, 100%. I, I definitely, I'm so on board with the morning routine. I'm very much someone who clings to that sort of thing. It sets me up for my day. So Jill and I will be like two peas in a pod. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought it was really interesting when she was talking about discovering what real self-care looks like when she was going through that morning routine. And 
I thought it was interesting that it takes for us to get to our lowest point before we start to look after ourselves properly. So I thought she was so honest to to talk about all those masks that she was wearing and how she didn't know who she was by the time she got home. Mm. So even if she was trying to push that stress down, it started to show up in her body. And I think, Vicky, you mentioned something on the last episode about stress showing up on your face. And even if you're ignoring it, your body eventually forces you to listen. Yeah, I've I've been through stressful periods before and I've ended up at the doctors and um, with chest pain thinking it was something terrible with my heart or something and it was just stress showing up in that way um, because I wasn't dealing with it I was just pressing it down Mm, it's a horrible thing isn't it stress it's I've yeah really kind of like that's really hit home for me recently you know seeing people who are really close to me kind of getting very impacted by that and so I really I was listening really intently when she was telling us about her um, kind of old life um, as a really busy businesswoman. Um, and, you know, the fact that she was emitting that message that she was winning at life when actually inside she was she was kind of like really, really breaking down. And it kind of reminded me as well when it, it's, I feel like it's so common for people to kind of brag about busyness. Like if someone asks you how you are, you'll go, oh, I'm so busy. You wouldn't believe it. But, you know, actually you don't have to say that sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you can say, yeah, I'm good. You know, busyness can sometimes be misconstrued as like a marker of success sometimes. Yeah. And the fact that she was more okay with being diagnosed with early menopause than admitting that she was a stressed woman. Mm -hmm. I thought that was so kind of, um, opening and why do we feel like we have to hold it all together? Like she said, it's that stigma of just mental health issues. So you, you would rather have something physical so you can be that like, you can go to work and say, oh, I've got early menopause or something rather than admit actually it's something in my head that's wrong. Yeah, you can have everything in the world, but if you don't feel mentally well, it's not going to matter. Yeah, it really shows like those those materialistic things. They don't actually make you happy. You, you Maybe you get you might get a little bit of a buzz. Um, I know I certainly do when the ASOS delivery man arrives at my door, but you know, <laughs> it's more about the people who you're surrounded with and um, the energy that you're able to bring and, you know, what you're able to contribute. I think it really, happiness is really comes down to those sorts of things. And I think Joel kind of like really encapsulated that. Yeah. Like Michael said in the last episode, it's the company, not the destination. I found her answer to the um, stress question interesting I've never heard of some I don't even know how to say it somatic healing Um, I hadn't heard of that before Um, but like she said I found she I found it interesting when she said that you're not immune to pain even if you have done all this work you're not immune to you know experiencing pain and sadness it's just that you have a toolkit to help you deal with it better yeah Um, having an adult tantrum sounds interesting as well (laughs) yeah it goes again to like tapping back into that inner child (laughs) yes yeah it does yeah and it also kind of looped back into what Chloe Brotheridge was saying the other week about shaking your body and moving that negative energy out I've never heard this phrase before and I think Jill summed it up beautifully and she said triggers are your gift I thought that was really, really interesting Um, and kind of rather than thinking of being triggered in a negative way, she's 
kind of offering her advice to kind of get, like, get curious about it and um, approach it with without any judgment and just like compassion for yourself all the way. I think that's that's so important. We can be really, really hard on ourselves. And being vulnerable, she said, was meaning that you're allowing others to do the same. Yeah, I mean, like um, this year, I um, I did something I would never have done before. I reached out to my friends and just said, you know what, I'm really struggling with anxiety. I need what, like, what are you guys doing to like feel normal? And they all just came back with like really helpful advice, even just silly things like keeping up your skincare regime mm-hmm. and um one of them suggested playing animal crossing on the switch <laughs> um so just like things like that but then it meant that we were all sharing that actually we were all feeling like that and it I wouldn't have done that I wouldn't have considered doing that before but it would, took lockdown to make me yeah. reach out like that that's so nice and like what um something that we do in the health and well-being team and like our sister title natural health and this comes from Holly this was Holly's idea which I thought was amazing that we have like an emoji code so if you don't really want to get into something too deep or you don't really feel comfortable with maybe typing everything out you can just like put a little emoji every everything has has a symbol and then if you know if you do unfortunately need to put the sad face or like the angry face or at least you can kind of let people perhaps come to you and ask you know are you okay and in a way that is reaching out but you're you're also getting that support where you don't feel like I don't know you're either burdening people or and I loved that idea that really really helped me that definitely boosted boosted my confidence as well and in, in um in being in being quite vulnerable and you know things about if you're putting the uh handsome face screen emoji <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think um that leaps in with what Jill was saying about being the strong one and that's something that I can really relate to about it's really hard when you're always perceived to be that person and Jill was saying to allow yourself to have permission to be soft and vulnerable and I know that if you try and pack down or run away from your feelings they will eventually find you because you can't outrun your body unfortunately Hmm. but I thought it was really great that Jill said that just like Chloe Brotheridge she has her own coach that she works with to help her through her emotions and help her unpack whatever she's going through. Yeah, definitely. Just because you're in that kind of profession, it doesn't mean that you've got it all figured out or got it all together yourself. And like you said, Holly, like giving yourself permission to kind of like let those guards down, you are allowing others to do the same. And it sets a really, really great example. And I think that's that's really nice to see from other people. And it must bring you closer as well, I would say, as a family, perhaps, if you're perhaps the older sibling or if you do carry that weight on your shoulders it allows you to share your emotions a little bit more be more open with each other and again yeah going back to like exploring your own your own vulnerability and speaking your truth I was actually thinking this the other day Daniela um that I think it's quite a British idea that you know you shouldn't air your dirty laundry in the street (laughs) but um, while I do believe that you should be careful who you share things with, perhaps your story is exactly what someone else needs to hear. That's an interesting way of thinking about it. Yeah, that's so nice. I think it goes back as well to her last point when she described when she was most herself, um, which is when she's not in her own head. So being able to 
offload perhaps and not be so worried about what other people think because oh that's definitely something that I do for sure I'm always I'm always so self-aware of how I come across to people and maybe that holds me back sometimes so I loved that I thought that was really empowering when she said oh she said when that's most me and also being surrounded by family and yeah just not caring what anyone else thinks I also loved when she spoke about empowering women and that she explained that that's not to do with hating or shaming men, but actually encouraging women to lean into their badass, but still connect with that softer feminine energy, which I think is probably going to be my main takeaway from today is that you can have both. I love that. I would say my key takeaway is embracing the triggers, maybe having a having a feel around, getting curious about how that impacts your life and just approaching that with a bit more compassion. How about you, Vicky? I think mine is what she said about switching off. It's, you can start small. It doesn't have to be, oh, I'm going to go meditate now for half an hour or whatever. It can just be, I'm going to take five minutes to take a breath because I um, like she said, I am guilty of saying, oh, I haven't got time to do this. And then, you know, you come up with the, the weekly screen time oh, don't thing the screen that the iPhone so nicely does for <laughs> you. <much. laughs> and you're like, oh. I have to set limits because it's just, yeah. it's such an eye opener for sure. Yeah, I completely agree, Vicky. And it's like everyone has the same amount of time in the day. It's just what you prioritize and what you make <laughs> yeah. time for at the end of the day. Yeah, I hate to, don't you hate seeing that saying this? You've got the same hours in a day as Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't yes. remind me. <laughs> if you've made it this far, you've spent an hour with us. So thank you for prioritising this walk to wellbeing. But thank you to Jill for taking us on her walk today and reminding us that wellbeing is an inside job. I also love chatting to you both today. So a huge thanks from me to you. Daniela and Vicky, and of course, to our incredibly honest and energetic guest, Jill Ritchie. Most important of all, though, thanks so much to you for listening. We've got loads more fantastic, fascinating guests coming up, and we can't wait to share their wellness journey with you. And so until next time, from me and the whole of the health and wellbeing team, stay well and see you soon. Before you unlace your trainers, we've got an exclusive health and wellbeing magazine subscription deal for you, our lovely Walk to Wellbeing listeners. Head to giftstoyou.com forward slash APOD1. That's A-P-O-D and the number one to get three issues for just $9.99, saving you over 25% and delivered straight through your front door. The link is in the description of this episode to make redeeming this fantastic offer simple and easy. Remember to share your walk with us on social media using the hashtag walk to wellbeing. And you can even download exactly the same list of questions that you heard our guest chat through earlier in this episode. You can record your very own walk to wellbeing episode and we'd absolutely love to hear it. For all the details, head to this episode's description and we hope you enjoyed strolling with us today.